Hello everyone and welcome back to Inside Art Scroll, where the books you read and the people who write them come to life. Today I am privileged to be joined by Rabbi David Sutton, author of a new translation and commentary on the Beis Halevi on Ahavas Yisrael. Thank you Rabbi Sutton for joining us once again. Thank you for inviting me. It's not the first time you're here. You're uh, what I would call a prolific author, Baruch Hashem. You've put out many best-selling Art Scroll works the latest of which is your commentary and insights on the Beis HaLevi on Ahavas Yisrael. I must mention that it follows the immense success of your commentary on the Beis HaLevi on Batachen. It's a similar style. Another essay of uh, Rabbi Yosef Daiv Halevi Salvechik of Brisk, the Beis HaLevi. Uh, talk about your experience of putting out the Beis HaLevi on Batachen and the reaction that you got to that, that I imagine was what was the impetus that you should continue kind of this series of working on the essays of the Beis HaLevi and bring it out to the public. So as is well known, the Beis HaLevi was a great Rosh Hashiva, what's called a great London, and in a very short and succinct fashion he captures topics in a way that I have never seen. And He's well-known for his responsa. He's well-known for his commentary on the Torah. But because these specific essays were in manuscript form, literally in a suitcase, till the late 1900s, over 100 years after he passed away, the, they're not well-known. And when I stumbled upon the essay on Bitochon and started giving shirim on it, and it just slowly developed into this sefer. Now, there are people that are aware pamphlets were circulating on Beis HaLevi on Bitachon, but they're not aware that he had more than one essay in that manuscript. There's actually a lot in that manuscript. It's in the back of one of the Beis HaLevi's on the Torah that most people might not even have. Mm-hmm. And the next one is the essay on Avas Yisrael. And my hope is that what the Beis HaLevi on Bitachon did for Bitachon, the Beis HaLevi on Avas Yisrael will do for Avas Yisrael. Well, the style that you used in the Beis HaLevi on Bitachon really resonated with people. It's a, it's, a, it's a simple elucidation, so you, you're explaining the text in a way that anyone could understand. Men, women, children, no matter what their age or background, they could open it up and start studying it. And then you have insights on bottom, which give a little more background and explanation. And then you have amazing appendixes, and in this volume you also have a whole section of stories. So it's, it's a very rich reading experience. It's not just a, a, a dry read of an essay. It really, there's so much, I'll call it flavor, in what you did over here. Yeah, I, I, I would tempt anyone to open up this book and, and, and just not be drawn by, by the message. It's very universal. It's, it's very uplifting. It's very positive, uh, um, just that feeling that you get when you read it. Uh, and obviously, Betachen as well, same, same thing. Like you're saying, it really is, it, it looks like a safer, but it reads like a novel. It's, it's something good. interesting that it's, I actually was flattered. I got a call two days ago from Simcha Bunim Kohn that he had just gotten the Sefer and he, he loved it. So you're talking about a great post in Lakewood. At the same time, you know, a young lady told me, you know, wow, you know, I'm really enjoying it. So mm-hmm. it's really something for the masses. The Beis HaLevi has a certain schus. Um, interesting that the Sefer was supposed to come out before Pesach was ready to go. And due to certain marketing decisions, they decided, let's wait till after the Haggadah season and we'll sell it afterwards. And it went to print literally on the Beis HaLevi's yard site. Wow. It was in Dalit Ear. 
it was being printed here in Art School. So there's a, the Basel Levy is definitely behind this, I have mm -hmm. no question. And there's no coincidence. So. Absolutely. But it's really, it's an unbelievable schos uh, you alluded to before, which I think it's worth taking a moment to talk about. Um, and I became familiar with it somewhat thanks to you. Not long ago, I wrote up uh, in the Ateda an interesting historical background of these manuscripts that the Beis Halevi wrote uh, in the 19th century. And the manuscripts had sat in a suitcase and, but the story about how the manuscripts got out of Europe to America is alone a, a, an unbelievable uh, tale of Ashkacha. Just comment yes. on that for a moment. I mean, you could call it a, a mini Kriyas Yamsuf because the Beis HaLevi's youngest son, of Simcha, who was 13 when his father passed away, was the one that inherited these Ksavim. For some reason, didn't go to Reb Chaim or any of the other children. And on his way out to America, he's taking these Ksavim with him, his last remnant of his father. And he stopped at the Russian border, questioned, only because his name was Soloveitchik. And there was a communist uh, officer who was left as an infant in Reb Chaim's house, because Reb Chaim's house was just in Hefker, Rishus HaRabim. His parents left him in the house. Reb Chaim raised these orphans. He eventually became a communist because he wasn't raised by Reb Chaim. He was just in his house. When he heard the name Soloveitchik, he says, are you Reb Chaim, any relation to Reb Chaim? He said it was his brother. So he went through all the borders with the Svarim and everything. So mm. That was one Kriyas Yamsuf. Then, when they were in England, they were ready to go to the boat, and they realized that they the, the, were the, getting out of the hotel, and they realized that the, uh, the suitcase wasn't there. And they traced their steps back, and they realized they forgot it in the trunk of the carriage, the horse and buggy. And now, how are you going to find it? So Simcha's son, who was um, named after the Beis HaLevi, of Yosef Dov, he went to the police department, found that there's uh, pictures of the wagon drivers. He went through over 2,000 licenses, recognized the, the wagon driver, went to his home, and in, the, in the, the trunk, so to say, of the horse and buggy was that suitcase. And his father said, I'm not leaving the country if I don't mm -hmm. have that suitcase. So this is like literally a miraculous trail like the Gemara says, Baruch Shanasun Alama Lashomrim, Hashem gave his world to watchmen. And for some reason, Hashem decided to let it out now. If you think about it over the, over the decades, over the centuries, over the millennia, how many precious manuscripts of Gedolim, Talmud Racham, have gotten lost. And like you said, for, for whatever reason, this, the, these manuscripts had the special siyata deshmaya, really through miraculous sequence of events to be extricated and, and to be saved from the inferno that ultimately consumed uh, much of Europe and came over here. And what's just as incredible is that till I think it was 1985, and we discussed this previously, the manuscript of the Beis HaLevi on Betachen was not revealed to the public. Right. It's only because Rabbi Fal Salvechik called Rav Yitzchak and his brother of Simcha and asked them, do you have anything left from the base of Levi? He says, we have some, we have some things that he put in the back of one of mm -hmm. the Chumash farms. So it's a miracle. I have a hunch, and again, the base of Levi and Bitochen came out right at the beginning of COVID with the world needed Bitochen. Meaning the art school version. The art school version, right? That, right. that you know, that I don't think close to 20,000 copies sold. I don't know if any other version in English sold that many. And um, the obvious Yisrael is coming out now, and I have a hunch now as well why it's coming out post-COVID. Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear. I don't know. Just yeah, sure. Know. I'd love to hear. But before you get to that, I'll, I'll 
preface your comment with a with a, a common observation. You know, you you put up a salavi on betachin; it's sold phenomenally well. You also, not long after, put out um, daily dose of betachin, a safer based on the chayvus avavus shar betachin. Betachin sells; people want betachin. They look at it rightfully. Uh, as a uh, as a conduit, as a way of a magic button. Yeah, you know, and and betachin is not a simple matter. Emuna and betachin, having emuna perhaps is a little easier. Betachin really relying on the rabbanim and not relying on anyone else is is a harder uh, harder level to reach. But something that obviously every person must strive for. And betachin talks to people. So Beis Halevi on betachin came at also at an opportune time. People looking for chizik in that realm in that area. Uh, Ahavas Yisrael, as an exciting topic, perhaps doesn't have that allure of betachin. You know, people wonder why Ahavas Yisrael. Obviously it's important, it's a mitzvah in the Torah, and uh, it's an important topic to know, but, um, you know, how do you see that connection between betachin and Ahavas Yisrael, and, and if it talks to people in a similar fashion? Well, like you said, uh, betachin could be selfish. Right. And obviously, Yisrael is selfless. You know, you're loving somebody else, so exactly. it's harder. Bitachon exactly. uh, does bring to Avas Yisrael because if you really believe Hashem's controlling the world and relying on Him, there's no reason to dislike anyone. Exactly. Like it says, sinaschinam. There's no such thing as sinaschinam. It's 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 for a reason. Exactly. You feel that someone did something wrong to you, 100%. or whatever it may be. But that's it's why some, someone commented to me: the the greatest Musar sefer is a sefer on Bitachon. Because if you really master betachin, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, segueing from what you just said, then suddenly kina and taiva and kavod and all those those uh, kind of negative attractions suddenly fall away. Because if you have true betachin, you know, why are you running after kavod? Everything comes from the rabbanishlelem. Why are you envious of your fellow if everything is coming from the one above? So it's a very, very, very uh, you know, important point to digest. Because people, you know, do need incentives. It's interesting, in the back of the book, in the appendix section, the first appendix is called uh, Incentives and Benefits. Mm-hmm. Means there are, Hashem will love you, uh, Hashem treats you accordingly, and uh, so on. So there is definitely a, a uh, benefit. There is a personal benefit. There's a personal benefit. You actually bring very interesting observation from the, from the Beis HaLevi, and then you add something from the Chavetz Chaim, that, you know, Achamei Vesrim, after a person goes to the next world, we're going to be asked certain basic questions, one of which is, see, peace of Yeshua, if we yearn for the ultimate redemption. And he says, in a, in a really a fascinating observation, that really included in the question of see, peace of Yeshua, is, did you have a Havas Yisrael? Because a prerequisite for meriting the ultimate Geula is a Havas Yisrael. Sinas is what's keeping us back. So we're going to ultimately, we're going to be asked, Tzipisali Yeshua, one of the components of Tzipisali Yeshua is, did you master Ahavas Yisrael in order to enable the Yeshua? That's part of yearning. If you claim to be yearning for the Yeshua, but at the same time you're harboring negative thoughts towards fellow Yidin, then you're holding back the Yeshua. It doesn't work. So I, I thought that's very, you know, that's an interesting observation on, on the part of Beis HaLevi. We spoke about timing. It came out, you know, the week of the base, the day of the Beis HaLevi's yard site. But also the time of the year. We learn Pirkei Avos now. Chaman Siyon Abashaul explains why do we learn Pirkei Avos now, and he comes up with a novel explanation. There's different standard explanations. He says that 
That means we're supposed to be redeemed in Nisan. Nisan passed and we weren't redeemed. We're supposed to ask ourselves, why not? And the answer is obviously because Sinas Chinam is still here. Mm-hmm. So therefore, work on Avas Yisrael now and learn Perkei Avas. But it mm-hmm. means this is the time of the year to learn Avas Yisrael. Right. So it works out. You know. Right, it really does. Um, going through the manuscript, uh, did, you, did you have any anything to work with? Because like we mentioned before, this is an essay of the, of the Beis Alevi that really was kind of hidden. It's in the back of Beis Alevi Al-Ataira. I don't know, are there any other works on this particular essay of no, the Beis no. Alevi? No, so what I, what I did was, I really, you know, read every word and stopped on every word. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. And like every word is packed here. Um, as I'm flipping through, I noticed my father-in-law's essay that we shouldn't forget oh, about. Oh, of course. But, you mentioned that uh, Rabbi Sutton, your father-in-law, Rabbi Nossin Sherman, wrote the overview to this uh, sefer. She writes over yeah. here, Alkain tzarich kol adam leorer bilibo avalakol. You have to arouse your heart for love to everybody. And if you didn't arouse a love in your heart, you did not fulfill the mitzvah. So again, similar to how he starts off the, the essay on Bitachon, is you know he starts off it's a mitzvah say by the base levy that that's mm-hmm. that's it this is this right. is a positive command this is this is tefillin this is this is an esrog there's no difference right and that's one of the interesting we bring down over here from the Yisod Vishara Shavoda that he saw someone had a tear in his clothing a small tear before he told the man about the tear he said l'shem yichud I'm not going to say l'shem yichud mm-hmm. I'm doing the mitzvah say Avas Yisrael and then he told him you have a small tear and a small tear could become a big tear sew it up and he says. I had the same feeling of happiness as when I put on my tefillin in the morning. Wow. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's obvious. But you have to arouse it in your heart. It's, it's, it's a right. positive. You have to do something. It's not passive. Oh, you know, I like everybody. No. And furthermore, it's your heart, which is a big discussion. Can I fulfill Avat Yisrael without doing anything? Mm-hmm. The base Levi holds yes. It's a discussion. We're going right. to go through the, the insights and the footnotes as right. to, you know, but clearly... The Beis Alevi holds yes. You could sit right. in a room. Furthermore, the, the uh, Altar of Kelm also in the Insights says, footnotes, he says that if right now I'm thinking there's, I don't know how many million Jews in Eretz Yisrael now? I think seven and a half million, yeah. eight million. And I close my eyes and I honestly love every single Jew, I get eight million separate mitzvahs. Wow. And he says because... This, the Yetzirah always wants to take away from us the big mitzvahs, and that's why he's attacking that. And the opposite, we also quote there from the Sefer Abris, a great rabbi from Belazhin, that if I hate a sect of Jews, and there's 100,000 of them, so that's 100,000 negatives. One. Right. So there's a lot of depth and a lot, every word of the Beis Halevi is weighed, and it's, sure. it's a, it's a, you're learning B'iyan, no difference than right. if you take out the Shal's Chuvah's Beis Halevi and you've got to work on it. This is Reb Chaim's father. People still work on Reb Chaim every word. He didn't mm-hmm. write a word that he wasn't thinking about. Beis Halevi is no different. Right, it's interesting what you're saying because really these essays of the Beis Halevi, we would call them hashkafic works. Right. But the Beis Halevi, as you said, was the Rashiva, the Lamdin, the, the, the halachic master. It's all looked through the prism of halacha also. Right. Halacha meaning what's a mitzvah, what's not, and what are the parameters of the mitzvah. Uh, but you bring up a good point. You know, we think of Ahavas Yisrael and Chesed as the, you know, uh, 
doing, you know, filling up a Bikar Chaylum room in, in a hospital, which is amazing. Being a Haveri member and helping someone with their flat tire. But as you say, the Beis HaLevi brings out that you don't have to be on-site engaged in that public mitzvah to be Mekayim Ahavas Yisrael. It's very much a very personal, internal endeavor. Um, but speaking of the Beis HaLevi's essays, there is another essay I just want to mention. The Beis HaLevi wrote three essays, one on Betachen, one on Ahavas Yisrael, and one on Anova, oh, yes. on humility. Uh, which I imagine you'll probably we work started, on, right? Oh, you already started. We started, yeah. Wow. Okay, you waste no time. <laughs> but it's 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 just uh, it's fascinating to observe that of all the topics that the Beis Halevi chose outside of his responsa and outside of his commentary um, on the Torah, that he decided to write essays on these three particular topics. That obviously he felt that he had something to give over to Claudius Yisrael. I'm just curious, as someone who's now gone through extensively through two of his essays, why, why do you think that is? Well, there's definitely a connection between these three things. Bitachon being the starter, like we said, without Bitachon you can't love, and without Bitachon you can't be humble, because mm-hmm. if you think you do things, Hashem malach geus lavish. only Hashem can be arrogant or proud, because only He does things. Right. We don't do anything. There's an interesting line of the... Um, the Beis HaLevi once asks somebody, um, what are you doing? Like, you know, the man says, I, I, I'm uh, working sugar production. So again, he says, what are you doing? He says, I work in sugar production. The third time, like, the Beis HaLevi lost his mind. He says, when I ask you what you're doing, I mean, what are you doing for Yerushalayim? Because I call B'day Shemayim chutzim Yerushalayim. So if I ask you what Hashem's doing with you, that's sugar. Mm-hmm. This is what you're doing. So you can't become arrogant if your attitude is... Right. What am I doing? I'm struggling through a daf, you know, that's what, that's what sure. I'm doing. What's sure. Hashem doing with me? You know? <laughs> Beautiful. When you went through this, this essay of the Beis HaLevi, were, were there any anomalies, something that you came across that was, was an eye-opener to you? Uh, besides what you mentioned before, which I think is, is important about every, every year is a separate mitzvah of Ahavas Yisrael, and how you could do it on your own. It's not something that has, has to be publicly displayed. Anything so else? He, that... has, he has another, like, alumnus of art on, when he's talking about the uh, destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. So he says, let's say um, you decide to give me this cup as a gift. Okay, you gave me the cup as a gift. Now, let's say you didn't like me that much and decide I'm not giving it to you as a gift. I'm not going to give it to you. Okay. Once you gave it to me already, once you gave it to me, taking it back is, means you're really upset with me. Mm-hmm. Right? If you decide not to give it to me to begin with, no. But to take it back? Mm-hmm. He says, by Hashem, there's no difference. There's no difference between not giving and taking back because Hashem is constantly pumping energy into creation. So there's no difference to him not to give and taking back is both the same thing. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he says, we have to view not being given the base of Mikdash no different than being taken away from us. So he's like, it's more developed uh-huh. there. But I'm saying, everything is with a, you know, like a... With alumnus. alumnus, right. Alumnus. He's, Even though, I mean, the Chazal say that every door... Right, but I'm saying he, bring, he brings it out, and he goes uh-huh. further, and he says, every generation, as time goes, goes on, the base of was destroyed this year, but look the world that he brought us into. It means he brought us into a world of iPhones, mm-hmm. a world of technology. The Churban was into this world. Look at the... Look at the not, mm-hmm. not a Churban of a thousand years ago where we had, we had Tanam and Amoran. It's a new Chorban. So it's almost like it, the destruction is right. reborn. It's a more decadent world, so it's uh-huh. a bigger Chorban. Look at the world that you were, we, we uh-huh. came into as a Chorban. Uh-huh. It's like he, he takes everything and he just gives it more of a, 
You know, something right. you can hold on to. And that, that's part of the flavor of the, of the base Halevi. It's a, it's, a, it's a rich reading and learning experience. Um, if there was a takeaway from the base Halevi's essay on Avos Yisrael, because there's so much to unpack as far as this Sefer is concerned. It's, you know, people are going to read it, and sometimes it's tafasta merubaloi tafasta. It's like so much. And each of us on our own personal level have to work just like on betachen. You don't go from zero to 60. It's, it's a gradual process, and it's also something uh, we spoke about, how betachen needs reinforcement every day because we're surrounded by a world that's so teva and and we're so immersed in that world of, mm-hmm. okay, what we do is going to bring that effect, the cause and effect. It's like we're drowning in it. That's why I saw that the Chavetz Chaim says that because we're so surrounded by that, we have to really learn for a betachen for an hour a day. I saw it brought down wow. to shame the Chavetz Chaim. That we really should be spending an hour a day learning betachen to counteract everything else that we see the entire day. Uh, with Ahavas Yisrael also, it seems that in the Teva, the Rabbani Shalom created... As you're talking, I thought it was Vartar. Yeah. Hot off the press. Okay, go ahead. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokein Hashem Echad. So we say Hashem Echad, it's brought down, I think it's a Zohar, you have to cover your eyes. What do you have to cover your eyes for? So I once heard, because everything you see with your eyes is count, count, counter to. to Hashem Echad. Mm. It's all contrary to Hashem Echad. But the Gon of Illness, as Rabbi used to quote, the beginning of Shema Yisrael is Shema Yisrael, Machel Kaklal Yisrael. I can't say Kriyashma unless I'm a Chelek of Klai Yisrael. It could be, it doesn't say you, you say Shema Yisrael and then you cover your eyes when you say Hashem Elkein Hashem Echad, which means Mashma, that everything around you is also it's contrary also to Shema Yisrael. Uh-huh. So you have to, both of those are the two forces that the world That's are so saying true. is that don't love your friend. You, you know. Right. I, you're saying that even that component of being part of a unified Klai Yisrael, right. we're also constantly Fighting being tested. That. Yes. Um, and it, it may not be necessarily in that Ne, you know, we think of really hating someone, but maybe in a, in, a, in a jealousy form. You know, that type of lack of Ahavas Yisrael, where maybe we don't fagin the next year right. that he should be Matzliach. I, I said of Avart not long ago uh, uh, about Toivayin, uh, uh, that the ultimate, it's a longer, it's a longer shtickle, but the, the, the main Vart is that the ultimate Toivayin is from Rebera Pavarsky said, the Yalkut says, that the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu was called the Taivayin was for two demonstrations. Number one, because he, the Torah was given to him and he sheared the Torah, Ki'ilu, with Klai Yisrael. And also when he benched Yeshua as the future leader of Klai Yisrael, HaShkosh Baruch told him to put one hand on Yeshua and he put two hands. So Frechter Baruch Pavarsky, how is that a demonstration of Taivayin? You know, if, if I have $100 and I give it to you, and now I don't have those hundred dollars. That's a taivayin, someone with a good eye. But with two hands on Yeshua, blessing him, that's, that's a taivayin, or sharing the Torah with Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't lose anything. So he said so beautifully that a true taivayin is someone who wants the other person to have it as good or better than he did. So when Moshe Rabbeinu benched Yeshua to be the future leader of Yisrael, he benched him that you should be as great a leader as I, if not greater. And the same thing with sharing Torah with Klai Yisrael. He wanted Klai Yisrael to steig and to grow in Torah as great, if not greater, than he. And Herbar brings it out in a very human way. You know, you go over to someone and you ask him about his friend, about his house, his car. He says, I don't mind if my friend has a house as nice as mine, or a little, a little less, but not nicer. 
You know, that, that's the human condition. The human condition is we don't want others to have it as good or, as, or better than we do. And that's part of Ahavas Yisrael. I think we're surrounded by that when we live, we live in a community that there's, we'll call it competition, you know, about where people are in, 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 in different stages. Uh, and that's really where Ahavas Yisrael plays such an important role of, uh, you know, us not just forgetting someone, but loving them so much that we're happy. We're happy. We're not just, you know, begrudgingly right. taking satisfaction in their success. That's part of real Ahavas Yisrael. It's a real Avoida, right? Yeah, it's not sure. the... Talking about Beryl Pavarsky, the last, in the back of the book, there's Gedolim stories. Separate section. And besides the actual book and the appendix, right. there's also a section on uh, Yom Tovim throughout the year. Obviously, it goes through the year. And there's, there's a Gedolim story. I so, love the stories in here are off the so, charts. So the last story, maybe you could, I don't know if you heard this, this is not in print, is about Roberto Pavarsky. I heard this from the Shemitah farmer from uh, Karen Ashvi estate in my house. Okay. And he was in Chicago. And he met Roberto Pavarsky. And he said, my name is, is, is Avichai Kach. He says, Kach, I, I knew your father. I said, no, you know my father. This guy was, um, you know, borderline, you know, modern Israeli farmer. His father he says, yeah, he learned in Panovich Yeshiva. He says, no, you got the wrong Kach. He says, no. He says, he says, yeah, he came to my Yeshiva for a year. And he goes back to his father. And his father said that the rov of the town told my parents who were not that from, I have, your son has to go to yeshiva. They really? sent me to Panovich, really? the yeshiva katana, for a, for a year. I wasn't happy. And yeah, of course I know a barrel. Wow. And they ended up doing the Shemitah star. A barrel did the star with this, this farmer's, the, this, the father of uh-huh. his old Talmud. Which was around 40 years before, and he remembered the person. That's, wow. that's, that's an Avas Yisrael. Every right. Talmud is like a child. You know, wow, that's incredible. Uh, any final thoughts about this? Uh... Two final thoughts. Number one, again, the overview. Okay. And number two is, why now? So talk why about the overview for a second. So the overview is written by none other than my esteemed father-in-law, by Nussin Sherman. And he's... Deshane uh, and He hasn't, hasn't lost his touch. He has not lost his touch. Beautiful, beautiful classic Rabbi Nussin Sherman overview that, you know, Klyasol came to love his overviews. I think they're working on a book, all of his overviews put together in one. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, it's something to, to start off a good appetizer to whet your appetite. And the last point is why now? So my last trip to Eretz I went uh, to visit different Gadol. I went to Rabbi um, Pollock, who is a mashkiach um, in Slobodka. He's in his 90s, together with Dov Landau. And I asked many Gadol the same question, not for now, all different answers. Post-corona, is a lot of um, emotional uh, illness and challenge, anxiety and depressions on the rise, and it's, it's, it's well known that the numbers of these things have. I asked him, you know, what's a, what's a Torah way to pick somebody up from the anxiety and depression? And he told me, there's a Pasuk and Shir in which he gave an innovative explanation. Mayofit, how pretty, manaamt, how sweet. Ava, love, bitanugim, from all of the delicacies. There's nothing more delicious than love. There's nothing more delicious than loving somebody else. He says, when a person's down and depressed, they'll eat ice cream. Mm. They want to get some geschmack to pull them out of there, but they don't realize, like Aaron Cutler says, it just puts you more into depression. Now you, you just get more chumrius. He says, the way to instill and pull a person out of his depression is by loving somebody else. Mm. A mother's love for her child, a Rebbe's love for a student, a love for, for, for the Bria, if you love somebody, there's nothing more delicious than loving mm. somebody. 
I love what you're saying because when I interviewed uh, Rabbi Makovsky about his book, Living Chesed, and one of the things I wrote in the foreword to that book, which I think applies here, and I think you'll agree, I wrote that Chesed, as much as it does for the recipient, it does so much more for the giver because it transforms who you are. When you become a giving person, you, it, it, it changes you. So, Ahavas Yisrael is not about the other person. It's about what Ahavas Yisrael does to you as a mensch. Right, that's, that's kind of what you're saying 100%. So about that, what's so delicious so we, about it. We, being Corona, we didn't have a chance to love our friends. We were cut off. We never chance to love Hashem. We couldn't come to shul, and that's why we're suffering. And I think that's why Hashem sent us Avos Yisrael and Bitachon. Now we need Bitachon to connect to Hashem. We need Avos Yisrael to connect to our friends. Well, I think this sefer is going to help us do that. Uh, it's, I highly recommend it to everyone watching. They should pick up a copy, buy one for themselves and one for their friend. Beautiful. Right? If you love your friend, what are you going to give him? The ultimate gift. This is it. The, a book on Ahavis Yisrael. Beautiful. But really, uh, incredible work, incredible job. Call Kavod for, for your Habatzah Satayra, everything you do in, in the Syrian community and really beyond. Um, each work of yours, you seem to be like fine wine. You're getting better with age. Thank you. And uh, it's, it's an honor to speak to you once again. And we look forward to Beis Halevi on, on Anava to uh, many other works that you're working on. So keep up the wonderful Avoidas HaKadosh. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you.